487 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you just watched the Streets of New Capenna Championship and you're like, I need to get on these hot standard lists. Or you're like, Commander Legends that's coming up is more my, you know, more my speed. We are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, speaking of the New Capenna Championship, we're going to go over everything exciting and fun that happened and cut out all the dumb stuff. And do you know what? <laughs> there was done stuff to cut out. We're just like, we're going to recap it for yes. you. All the good bits, none of the boring bits. That's right. Just the good stuff. It's like if you're eating a dinner and some parts of it are great and some parts of it are mediocre, we're taking out the mediocre parts so that you're only experiencing the, you know, the dinner of a lifetime. It's like if you're eating Lucky Charms, we're taking out all of the Cheerio parts and just leaving the marshmallows. Maria, I really have to disagree with you right now. <laughs> okay. I feel... Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I feel, I'm not saying... That, that you like the Cheerio part best? No, I, but I'm saying that what makes Lucky Charms good <laughs> is the combination of the two of them. There is no rainbow without the rain, as exactly, it were. Exactly, Maria. You can't enjoy the marshmallow sweetness <laughs> without the crunch of the grain-based cereal. This has been an ad for Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do that. We're also going to talk about uh, Commander Legend Baldur's Gate. Yeah, super exciting. We've started to see lots of carts from it. I yeah. worked on this set yes, last year. Yes, you did. You did the flavor text. Which is exciting. Yeah, some card names and flavor text are in there that are, you know, the work of these fingers right here. So if you're playing with these cards and you're like, this flavor text feels like it was written by Megan's fingers... You might be right. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start this show, huge thank you to our Patreon peeps. Man, thank you so much if you're a patron of this show, and especially to new patron, Nicholas. Yay! Thank you so much, friend, the for end, becoming. The, the end name challenge. Oh my goodness, that's right. Yes, responding wow. to the call. Good job. People whose names start with N, Nicholas, you get a gold star. Yes. You uh, really nice work. And honestly, even if even if your name is like Wallace and you want to become a patron as Nollis <laughs> to meet the end name challenge, you can. You know what? I would love um, nothing more than for you to pick up that phone and go to patreon.com slash GLHF magic. These days that saying still works. <laughs> you know what? I was saying it like a joke, but it's like actually you, that's like how you do it. Just actually pick how up you your phone, it. open an internet browser and there go. There it is. <laughs> patreon.com slash GLHF magic and become a patron. Yes. We'd love to welcome you into the family. You get access to our awesome discord. You get rewards at higher donation levels, but basically we just want you for any dollar amount. It can just be a buck and a buck a month and you, that just says to us that you like what we do and that we yeah. should keep doing it and that means more than you could ever know so please consider becoming Truly. a patron if you're not one already hey megan yeah do you know what i was thinking about driving into work today what that what do you think is our most hated segment ever on good luck high five in your memory do you steve and steve <laughs> Steven Steve. People did love Steven Steve. I forgot about Steven Steve. Wow. <laughs> okay, so obviously not that deep of a cut to the good luck back. <laughs> um, Okay, okay, I'm trying to think of it. This is just a trivia to kick off the episode for everybody. I can't, I don't know. Our, when we played Flip It or Rip It, do you remember that? Oh man, that's because Flip It or Rip It is inherently a terrible magic game. 
I just remember being like, oh, this will be silly and fun. And people were like, how no, dare, how dare you? you? Well, I mean, like, that's how you feel when you see people playing it online, right? It when just you gives you like hives. Yeah. We hated doing it. Yeah, it was very, very it, stressful. Is that we also hated it. <laughs> we're not going to tell you the rules to flip it or rip it if you've never heard of it. We're not going to give don't you do it. Just that don't information. Do it. We're not spreading that around. <laughs> not doing it. That's your good look high five trivia yeah. for this episode. <laughs> everybody, this week... Previews are in full swing yeah. for Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Super exciting. So this Commander Legends set is the second of its type that we have had. The first one, unfortunately, came back came out back in 2020. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because it's a set that's meant to be drafted. In person. In person. And that was obviously <laughs> a challenging thing to do. Yes. It was just kind of like a really big missed opportunity thanks to the pandemic. So now I'm happy to see this type of set coming out again. Yeah. When we can more safely gather uh, because this set was meant to be drafted. Yep. Which we love us a good draft. Yeah. So a commander draft set, there's been products like this before, is a really unique and interesting experience because, well, first of all, commander gameplay is a lot different than just yes. playing a normal draft. Very much so. Politics are involved. Commanders are involved. And if you're wondering how that works, like, yes, there are. One of the things about the set is that there are tons of legendary creatures in the set, guaranteed at least one per pack. Yes. Guaranteed legendary creature per pack so that you can draft your commander. Right. Because that's the colors you get to play, buddy. That's right. So don't be in the wrong colors at the table. (laughs) Exactly. Um, if you pick up a blue commander, you're Ooh. playing blue. Although in this set, one, there's usually multicolor commanders. Yep. There were in the last one. And this one also has the addition of background. Yes. This is a new mechanic uh, with this set that's similar to the partner mechanic. Yeah. Which lets you have two commanders, if you're familiar with that. Yep. And so this one pairs... Uh, legendary creatures that have a text on them that say choose a background, which means that you can have this as a commander. And if you do, they can have a background if you have drafted one. So this is like the story of what happened in their past that brought them to this moment yes. in time. Um, and then the, the backgrounds themselves are legendary enchantments background. Yes. Um, and they're, you know, you get to also have them in your command zone. So it's like a secondary commander. Yeah. And they usually, they provide some kind of buff to your commander when they're in play. Like this one that we've seen cultist of the absolute, which is a single black for a legendary enchantment background says commander creatures you own get plus three plus three and have flying death touch ward pay three life. And at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So the boost is, is really, really neat. And this card, for example, this cultist is black. Yeah. So if you had a commander with background on it, that was not black. That's totally okay. And that means the rest of the cards in your deck can be blue and black. If for instance, your commander was blue. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. We should also add that these packs have 20 cards. So they're bigger than normal draft boosters when you're yes. drafting. So you'll get more opportunities to get what you need. Yeah. You're going to be drafting way more cards. Yeah. So than you are used that to. is helpful. Um, Megan, if you were a commander, what would your background card be called? (laughs) Wow. What a pop question. Yeah. Like what is your, you, you've got to sum up your life essentially that created you into this person you are today. What is the name of that card? That's your background. So tired. (laughs) That was what you said on the show last 
week. I suppose we're not we're not any less tired after we're, working that event. Exactly. No. The tournament last the, weekend. The past week has not Ooh. made me any more rested than no. I was last week. No. Everybody. Turns out working in a tournament is very tiring. Um, okay, so Megan's enchantment is called so, so tired. tired. And what does it do? Um, I would say, okay, no, I would say enamored with words. Oh, that's cute. Because I love reading, but I also love different kinds of improv. Yeah. Like, I love, you know, I love the, the written word. Um, so that would be mine. Enamored with words. Enamored with words. I yeah. I feel like enamored with, with words lets you put a text box, like, sentence from one of the cards that you have in play onto somebody else's card. Yes. Oh, I love that. So you'd be like, hey, I'll boost you up with my enamored with words if you uh, promise not to attack me next turn. Yes, like it's a like enamored with words is like an aura and you put it on a creature and that it, it allows that creature to have any text box from any other permanent on the battlefield. Ooh, nice. Very good. Love it. Hey, um, hire us wizards. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, actually. There you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, you made the mechanic for the most part. My background card would be called I watched a lot of PBS. <laughs> Growing up, I raised by PBS. Raised by PBS. So, we there all? we go. Like I would people would be like, "Oh, did you see like Step by Step or whatever name any other show?" And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't watch any other channel." <laughs> I was, we weren't allowed to. Like I we got to watch Wishbone, Wishbone. which we talk about on the show. Shout out to Wishbone. Shout out to Wishbone. Oh man. Love him. I know. We can't we can't keep talking about him because all I can think about now is like how recently we were looking at a photo of Wishbone of a photo of Wishbone in costume with like holding a bow and arrow. And it's like uh, his like dog paws are just it's Fake. obviously two puppet paws on his on holding sticks. this bow and arrow. Great. Anyway, sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know to what me. the ench- I don't know what this enchantment would would do. Yeah. Um, but that's what it would be called. Um, raised by PBS um, allows you. <laughs> um, it allows you to uh, gain control of target creature. Uh, every upkeep, you can d- gain control of target creature uh-huh. unless its opponent, or unless like its owner, can state. A f- like a, a fact, a fact, a science, a, a geography, s- or a literature fact. <laughs> For Bill Just Nye, any fact. Where in the world in Car- is Carmen San Diego and Wishbone? You get science, geography, or, li- or you know, like literature. Great. I have to name a fact in one of those three things. Let us know what your background card would be called and what it would do. Just tweet at us at GLHF Magic with the hashtag My Background. Oh, great question. Anyway, this yeah. is this is a really cool mechanic. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see more of these backgrounds. Um, Like another example that we have is Noble Heritage. Mm. This is one in a white legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have when this creature enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep, each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. For each opponent who does, you gain protection from that player until your next turn. Wow. Wow. Powerful. Yeah, that's... That's pretty cool. And no matter who your commander is, they have noble heritage now. Yeah. Because that's their background. That's what their story is. That's You can just be like, upgrade prince. So even if you had <laughs> Ellen Harbury's busybody, 
who's a legendary creature human, human peasant, peasant. In this, with a noble heritage. Wow. You can do it. She's masquerading as a peasant, or maybe she's thrown off the garb exactly. of the upper class to live she doesn't by care the anymore. hand. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, she's a three and a white for a two four. And she, even though she's a legendary creature, she's at uncommon, which gives you a sense, right, of how yeah. of how many yeah. legendary creatures you'll see in this set. Um, tap, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And obviously she has to choose a background. Well, so it won't be a problem at all to find yourself a commander when you're doing the draft of this. No. Um, and hopefully it won't be hard to find a background for them either. Yeah. So the this set is going to release on June 10th to give you a timeline, everybody. Um, but it pre-releases June 3rd through 5th. So come and add us like wow. a train that only moves it, forward. It really is. Choo-choo. <laughs> so background's kind of the big highlight mechanic from this set. Um, but another one that I'm so, so excited for is Initiative. Ooh, yeah. So we have a new dungeon. Yes. Um, that can only be entered or moved through with Initiative um, or some stuff that says specifically Venture into Undercity, which is the name of this dungeon. Undercity. Um, let's talk about the rooms yeah, in the Undercity. let's do it. Secret entrance, because of course the Undercity has only a secret entrance. Yeah, obviously. Search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Then you can go either into the Forge, which is put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. That's really good. Yeah, or into the Lost Well where you scry two. Two. From there, now this is a dungeon, so we're starting to take branches that can't yeah. be connected. I'm going to be on the left-hand side of the dungeon. So from the forge, you can go to the trap. <laughs> target player loses five life. Or the arena, goad target creature. Yeah, and from the lost well, you can either go to the arena mm -hmm. or you can go to the stash, create a treasure token. Wow, this is great. Uh, and then from the trap or the arena, you can go into the archives on my side, which is draw a card. Ooh, nice. already. And then from arena or stash, you can go can go to the catacombs, create a 4-1 black skeleton creature token with menace. Ah, skelly. Oh, a skelly. You know, it's interesting because you've really got to think about where you want to end up in this dungeon if yeah. you're going to be venturing into the Undercity a lot because you could be like, oh, I want two plus one plus one counters, but then you get to the end and you're like, wait, I wanted that skelly. Yeah, you could go forge arena catacombs. I suppose which is that's like true. taking a, a diagonal path. But once you're in, yeah. once you're in the trap, no more <laughs> yeah. skelly for you. That's true. Oh, man. Skelly, it, you never played Hades, did you? No. Oh, man. There's a character in it named Skelly. And oh, he's is great. he a skeleton? He is a skeleton. Great. He's the skeleton in, like, the little room where your, like, little armory is, and you can change your weapons, and you can practice your weapons on him. I would love a magic card called Skelly, and it's Skellington. Yeah. <laughs> I just called it Skellington. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That was not on purpose. Or it can also be called, alternatively, it can be called Skellington. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would I would love a Skelly. I would love a legendary creature Skelly. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. A a planeswalker that's a Skelly? Yes. <laughs> a Skellington planeswalker? Creature type Skellington. A legendary planeswalker Skellington. Skelly. I would accept Mr. Skellington <laughs> as a card name. Um, Skelly in Hades is like, hey there, boyo. That's like, that's how he talks. He's great. Hades is a great game. If you haven't played it, it's on Switch. You should. It's literally, it's like $15. Oh, it's nice. something obscene like that. And it's so good. The final, anyway. the final countdown. 
the final room. In one of these, in one of the rooms of the Undercity, someone's going to sit you down and tell you about a video game you haven't played yet. <laughs> so watch out where you go. Yeah, that room's particularly dangerous, potentially. Yep. <laughs> Have y'all played Paper Mart? <laughs> Anyways, Throne of the Dead 3, the very last chamber. Yes. Reveal the top 10 cards of your library. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. It gains hexproof until your next turn, then shuffle. Ooh, really nice. Jeez. Good stuff, that's man. A, that's a good last room. Yeah. Um, so initiative is yes. similar to Monarch, right? There can be cards that say that you get the initiative now. And there can be only one. <laughs> yes, and there can be only one initiative. Um, you can attack and deal combat damage to the player who has initiative. Steal it back. Take it from them. <laughs> um, obviously, if you knock them out of the game, even if it's not with combat damage necessarily, but if you somehow knock out the player with initiative, then you get it. Nice. Because obviously you took the initiative off their cold dead body. Nice. I mean, yeah, you got to loot the body, loot the body. (laughs) Uh, So an example of a card that will just give you initiative is White Plume Adventurer, which is two and a white for a three, three orc cleric. When it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. Yeah. If you have the initiative at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to venture into the next room of the Undercity. Sick. Yeah. I want to go in. Uh, I loved when Don't worry, we, I think you're going to be able to. When we were playing with um, Monarch back in the day, it was so funny because it was just such a stupid sub game that I just really loved to play, which is like, yeah. I don't really care what's going on in this game, but I really <laughs> want to be the Monarch. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling that's the kind of player I'm going to be here in Baldur's Gate, which is not really concerned about anything other than having the initiative because I want to go into the Undercity and I want to get the Skelly. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, don't you want to draw a card? No! I want a skelly friend. I want a skelly. Um, yeah, so yeah. So if you have the initiative, um, like Megan said, you get to venture into the dungeon, which is really sweet, and specifically the Undercity. Is there any other benefit for having the initiative? Like, You mean besides getting stuff every single turn? Oh, it's uh, other cards will um, get better if you have the initiative. Oh, yeah. Um, so certain cards will have a bonus on them if you're the player that has initiative. So nice. there you go. Um, seems very sweet. Very, very cool. Also, adventures are back. Yes. Uh, which is pretty, pretty great. Um, I'm going to talk about one of the rares. Ooh, let's do it. Which is very spooky. Ooh, yeah, Um, it is. Illithid Harvester, uh, which is a spooky looking creature with a a tentacle face. Uh, Four and a blue for a four, four with Ceramorphosis when Ithalid... Illithid Harvester enters the battlefield. Turn any number of target-tapped non-token creatures face down. They're 2-2 horror creatures. So you can just get rid of your opponent's really good stuff. That's cool. You're like permamorphing them, kind of. Yeah. Um, And if you're like, wait a second, how do I, like, get creatures tapped? Well... This creature has a sorcery adventure called Plant Tadpoles, which is disturbing. (laughs) X blue blue, tap X target creatures they don't untap during their controller's next untap steps. So you cast this on four, tap two things, and on five you cast this thing. So what was the keyword on this card again? Uh, Ceramorphosis. Wow. Which is, remember, this is kind of like when um, they did this in Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Oh, sure. So they just... just 
a word that they use to describe what the thing is doing. So like in D and D, it doesn't ever show up. No, it's not. You're not going to see another thing with it. It just is a, a kind of yeah. a flavor text word. Exactly. In a naming way. what that's doing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really <laughs> that's like really this good. one. Um, Tamora's invoker, one in a blue for a one three, uh, has sleight of hand. Eight draw two cards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I I like it. It's adding the flavor to the set. I honestly. I wouldn't even mind if they did this all the time. I know they yeah. won't, but I I really am a big fan of it. Okay, well that's a very that's a very cool um bit of flavor and another cool mechanic there too with initiative. And of course, the new dungeon we have. I was always like, "Oh, we're going to get new dungeons. I want new dungeons." Yeah. And there we go. I guess it's kind of a new dungeon. You have to have a certain It's condition. its own special dungeon. Special dungeon. Uh then we have the returning mechanic of Myriad, um which is <laughs> Is is it can be pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, it lets a creature attack in all possible directions. That's the yeah. quote from the wizard's website. <clears throat> so whenever a creature you control with myriad attacks, for each opponent other than the defending player, you may create a token that is a copy of that creature to attack that opponent yeah. or planeswalker that opponent controls. So you can attack multiple people at once, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, an example of a mythic that has uh, myriad on it, Battle Angels of Tear, two white, white for a 4-4, four, four, flying myriad. Uh, whenever Battle Angels of Tear deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. Then you create a treasure token if that player controls more lands than each other player. Then you gain three life if that player has more life than each other player. Wow. So if you, in theory, like Jeez. deal combat damage to each opponent with this, you might do all of those things. <laughs> oh, I will be doing all of those things. <laughs> hey, Megan, have you seen this card from the new set? Tell me about it. Displacer Kitten. Yes, of course. It's so cute, everybody. It's a cat beast, two two for three and a blue with um, the flavor word avoidance. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, exile up to one target non-land permanent you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. This is a rare. Oh, so cute. Blink kitty. Yeah. For non-creatures. Uh, the flavor text is also great. Quote, isn't she the cutest thing you've almost seen? <laughs> <laughs> great. Meow. So cute. Very, very cute. I love that they're having um, a little bit more fun than, I guess, normally happens in magic sets. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. This certainly seems like a set that's having a little bit more fun. It's, uh, yeah, and that cat's really cute. There's also a baby owl bear. Oh, it's so cute. Which, uh, just have to give it a call out. Yeah. Owlbear cub. And its flavor text is, this is a translation right now. Here comes mama. <laughs> Whenever owlbear cub attacks a player who controls eight or more lands, look at the top eight cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking that player. Put the rest of, on the bottom of your library in a random order. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's in here on the. Oh, is it? Yep. Mama's, mama's coming. coming. <laughs> Great. I am a huge proponent of putting baby animals into magic. For a long time, I really whined and moaned that there were no baby angels. And what I meant was like small angels that were like you two want mana. A Cupid. I wanted <laughs> I want because all angels are like, yeah. I'm a five five flyer with vigilance. Yeah. And I'm like, but what about the smaller, worse angels? Yeah. But now we have Giada, which is really cool. Giada. Yeah. So And we also you. have like youthful Valkyrie Youthful who's been Valkyrie. Around for a while. Exactly. So um, I'm loving this owlbear cub and this yeah. cute little cat displacer kitty. Um, yeah, this set looks so fun. 
<laughs> I'm so excited to play it and yeah. play some um, multiplayer magic with a draft, which just really takes it up a notch for me. Because uh, Megan and I are not normally commander players, but you can't shuffle a hundred cards sleeved reasonably with hands this size. Very true. It's People think that we're joking when we say this is our top reason for no. not playing commander, but it's just true. It sucks to shuffle that many cards. It really does. But good news, you're not going to be shuffling a hundred with this because no. you just won't have a hundred. Yeah. Um, and you're also drafting, which we also love. We also love it. So, so. hey, now you've you signed us up. You know what yeah. I mean? I just wanted to talk about one of my other favorite backgrounds. Oh, great. Raised by giants. <laughs> Five and a green. This is your background. Legendary okay. enchantment background. You were raised by giants. <laughs> Commander creatures you own have base power and toughness 10-10 and are giants in addition to their other types. I love it. You just are a giant Great, also. you're just a giant. You're raised by giants? You're a giant. You are a giant. Yeah. You're raised and you are. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. I thought background when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be like thief or, you know, like kind of like uh, your secret identity or whatever. Like if you're a rogue, you're, you're just, your secret identity that you have is like a, a displaced prince. I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. What was the set like to work on as far as doing flavor text goes? Was it really fun? Yeah, I remember it being a really good time. Yeah, there's got to just be it so much. A, yeah, a heck of a good time. Good stuff that you can do there. What's that wizard planeswalker? Oh, yeah. Elminster. Oh. Three white blue for a legendary planeswalker. Elminster. Um, whenever you, uh, three white blue, five loyalty, whenever you scry the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast where X is the number of cards looked at while scrying this way. Oh, cool. Plus two, draw a card, then scry two. Okay. Minus three, exile the top card of your library, create a number of one, one blue fairy dragon creature tokens with flying equal to that card's mana value. Excellent. Elminster can be your commander. If you're primarily an arena player, don't worry. You can also play this, uh. Uh, on Arena, it's going to be released as part of an Alchemy Horizons special release called Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate. Oh, nice. So, yeah, some of those cards will be in here. Yeah, so you'll be able to play these in Alchemy and Historic if that's your jam. Hopefully, you'll also be able to do some drafting of these on Arena. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it, um, but it comes out there on Arena on July 7th. So, they're going to slam 250 cards into Alchemy and Historic. Boom. Woo. So, if you're like, I want to play that wizard in more than just a draft, yeah. more than just a commander deck, well, you're going to be able to. You can. I mean, it's it screams Megan to me just saying. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't a compliment. <laughs> Well, everybody, this past weekend was the new Capenna Championship. Yeah, it was a time. It was a championship. Do you know what? I will say standard right now. Pretty cool. Looking really good. Looking really good. There were a bunch of different decks in the top eight. The top eight was standard. Yep. We had Jeskai Storm. We had Jeskai Hinata. We had Grixis Vampires. Jund mid-range. Esper mid-range. Naya mid-range. Yeah. It's it's a diverse standard yeah. environment out there right now, everybody. Although I will say mid-range matches. Whoa, boy, do they go for a long time. They are really interesting, though, yes, I think. Yes, they are. You know, you're not just sitting there waiting for somebody to... Find, find their win condition or whatever. Yeah. You have some interesting creature There's combat. There's a lot of play to them. Top decks are really fun and exciting. Yeah. Um, the tournament was standard and historic, but the majority of it was standard thanks to the top eight. Yeah. Um, 
it the prize pool is $450,000. We started off with 223 players, and this was the final tournament of the season. Uh, so this was the ending of the season. We added 19 more people to the World Championship for a total field of 32. The World Championship will be played this October. Yeah. Um, but until October... No official sanctioned magic tournaments. Wow. At this level. Wild. It's just nothing. Yeah. Tumbleweed. Um, because we're going to start over after yeah. the world championship with a whole new play system. I know. Which you've heard us talk so about on the show. Hitting in November and December, we start getting into those regional championships. Yes. Um, Maria, what was your favorite standard deck this weekend? Oh, great question. Great question. Let me think for a second. Um, I really love creature decks. I thought it was going to be the Grixis Vampires deck because I was like, oh, vampires. But it's more it's of a not, control deck. It's not really. It's a like a very mid rangey with yeah. like lots of end game to it. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> whatever. Don't call it vampires. Okay. I was like. Mm. But it's tribal vampires. <laughs> There's like three vampires. Wow. Um, I My favorite card is the underdog. Um, tenacious underdog. tenacious underdog is my favorite card. Cards a beast from the weekend. Yeah, which is a really cool two drop, which is three two. But you can also uh, haste it back from your graveyard. <laughs> you can blitz it, blitz it back from your graveyard. Two black, black, and two life, and just draw a card. Then when it yeah. dies, which I think is really a great card for creature players because if your board gets gets wiped or whatever, and it's not exiled, your graveyard's not exiled. You can still have play in the late yeah. game. So I love that card. Yeah. Um, I, but overall, I would say probably the Naya midrange deck that mm -hmm. Hisamichi Yoshigoe brought. He was one of our top eight players. Yeah. Um, if Home you brew. haven't heard this story. Let's go. It's great. Um, he brought Naya, this Naya midrange deck, as you said, yeah. his own build, which he entered a qualifier event for the Streets of New Japan Championship accidentally several months ago. It. Yeah. Accidentally, because Oops. he just wanted to play this deck that he had made. And then he just won the tournament. Won, won that tournament, got it into this tournament, made the top eight, made, made the, the world championship. Eight, yeah. nice. Pretty handily. He was like towards the top of the standings all weekend. The person who won Wild. the whole tournament uh, was Jan Merkel. Yeah. So congrats to him run ju running Jeskai Hinata in standard. I, I really love Jeskai Hinata. I felt like this deck is your speed. Yes. Jeskai Hinata, if you don't know what it's doing, um, you want to play Hinata Dawn Crowned, which is one white, blue, red for a 4-4 four, four flyer. But it says that spells that you control cost one la less to cast for each permanent that they target. Whoa. And also spells that your opponents cast that target things that you control cost one more. Yeah. But... The, the most important text is. <laughs> is the part about how your stuff costs less for each target because you can cast a magma opus for two mana. Gross. You can get six targets out of a magma opus. You tap two of their things. You draw a card. And if you hit at least three things with the damage part of it, man, you're golden. Yeah. And you can cast. Does this deck uh, play show of confidence as well? Or is that just the other ones? No, that's just the other okay. ones. That's the Storm deck, which Storm is deck. also also pretty a cool. Very, I'm a very big fan of the Jeskai Storm deck. Yeah, so the Jeskai Storm deck is similar to the Jeskai Hinata deck, and we mm -hmm. saw a bunch of that throughout the top tables of the tournament as well. Yes. So that one, you're casting a Goldspan Dragon, and you're using the card Show of Confidence, which is one in a white, um, and it gives the creature that you're targeting a plus one, plus one counter, and then you copy show of confidence for each other spell that's been cast this turn, boom, AKA boom, boom, storm. Boom, 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 boom. So if you're targeting gold span, 
every time you target it, even with all those copies, you make a treasure that makes two mana. Sick. So then you just use all that mana. You cast a leer so that you have all your spells from the graveyard. It's really, really cool. (laughs) Yeah, and I would say that this Jeskai Storm deck and this Jeskai Hanada deck kind of trounced the field this weekend it felt like they were the best kind of deck to bring to the tournament yeah absolutely i mean that being said simon nielsen got into the title match where he faced jan merkel yeah um with esper mid-range which was one of the hotter decks this weekend um but also simon nielsen plays a lot of mid-range it's like a mid-range master yeah um so yeah, he definitely outperformed with that deck. It kind of felt like because looking at the win rates, let's look at check out the win rates because Esper Midrange was the number one deck people brought in standard. Seventy-seven copies, forty-five point five percent win rate. Not great. Not very good. Not great. Um, compared to we had who Maria is it? Mill had five copies. FYI, yeah, sixty-five point two percent win rate. Million You're, people out with yeah. Tasha's hideous laughter. If and that's your style, galvanic iteration. There you go. Um, there was a teamer control list that six players, one team was on at sixty point six. That's playing Titan of Industry at the top end, which yeah. some five color decks were doing as well. Oh yeah, um, which is very fun. You alerted me to the very cool five color ramp. Oh yeah. Uh, which plays com- the Kami War. The Kami War, baby. Which I've played that deck a couple of times online, and it's a really good it's time. It's super fun. It's really fun. If you like, I want a super fun de- deck to play, I highly recommend the five-color ramp deck, five-color control. I don't know, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Plays Titan of Industry at the top end. Also plays the Kami War. It's so fun. It's so fun. M- mana and standard right now is ridiculously good. Yeah. So you can do things like play these five-color decks. But speaking of that... There was an excellent <laughs> deck at the tournament from none other than Kenji Samura. Yep. Which was was just a land destruction. It was blow up your land. It was a straight up is it land destruction deck. Cleansing wildfire people. And there were times when you would like look at the board, like Kenji would have like seven lands in play and his opponent would have two. Yeah, just two. I mean, because people are being so greedy with their mana bases, like I'm gonna yeah. play five color. Cleansing, cleansing wildfire and um what is it? Field of ruin are Field both like ruin. you can go get a basic Nobody is running many basics. I was running one basic in my version of the yeah. five color ramp. So you would get me. I'm just exactly. saying. After the first one, you're just losing lands yeah. <laughs> every single time. So it was, mean. It was so mean. But yeah, the, the Naya mid-range deck, very fun, very creatures. Yeah. Exactly what you'd expect. The second most popular deck in the field was Naya Runes. And it was also the only deck with a more abysmal performance. Yikes. 44.5% for the second time Naya Runes just failed to perform. All right. The last championship, Neon Dynasty Champs, won by Ely Cassis. People brought Naya Runes. It was the number one most played deck, and it was a real big fart sound. It was a real big bummer of a deck. It did not do well because people can sideboard against it super effectively. Uh, yeah. There's just one card that shuts down the whole ding-dang thing. Hello, Archon of Amiria. Archon of Amiria. And what deck was most popular this weekend? Esper. And what's one of Esper's colors? White. And what color is Archon of Amiria? White. White. I don't understand why people brought runes. There you go. I, I don't know either. Maybe they thought people would have stopped hating it out. I guess. But do you know what? They didn't. They didn't. 
Um, Jeskai Storm had a really nice 60.7, and Grixis Vampires was up there with a really nice 60.9. Yeah, Grixis Vampires was brought by the Team Channel Fireball yeah. group, and they brought it as kind of an answer to Esper Midrange, which they thought that would be very dominant. Yeah. And it does and have it, a good win record and it, yeah, against it Esper. did really well. I loved that this deck plays Evelyn the Covetous. Yes, Which Evelyn. is just one of those cards that, like, right, just kind of, like, flies under the radar. Uh, this is a rare right you're like doesn't exist never had anyone play this against me in draft oh really i have oh man oh boy Evelyn the covetous two hybrid blue black black hybrid black red um legendary creature vampire rogue two five flash very important yes whenever evelyn the covetous or another vampire enters the battlefield under your control exile the top card of each player's library with a collection counter on it once each turn you may play a card from exile with a collection counter on it if it was exiled by an ability you controlled and you may spend mana as though it were any color to cast it she have a collection and it need more items yeah um, yeah, obviously that's just a great ability. And then this deck plays other vampires like Corpse Appraiser. Yep. My personal favorite because it's just a 3-3 three, three really for 3. really nice. Yeah. In Grixis colors. You can exile a card from the graveyard. And if you do, you look at the top. What is it? Four? Uh, three. Three. And you choose, you just get to draw one. Yeah. You put one into your hand, two um, into your graveyard. Sick. And, and then card. if you have Evelyn out, it's also going to trigger off of the Corpse Appraiser. Corpse Appraiser also is just kind of like a, like a by the way way to get a tenacious underdog out of your opponent's graveyard yeah that's a great point yeah it's because you exile a creature like it's very relevant yeah to be getting the benefit of this card off of also a strong detriment to your opponent yeah um very very cool deck i just wish it was more about the vamps and less about the control but what are you gonna do you know i've been i've been whining about having a vampire deck in standard for forever and here it is and here it is and i'm still whining about it still mad wow can anything satiate me truly can anything make me shut up blood i don't know (laughs) blood yes blood blood blood. (laughs) so that was standard um, I, I think that, yeah, the Storm decks, yeah. the Hinata deck overperformed and were kind of the right choice for the weekend overall. Yeah, absolutely. Historic is so boring. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Historic's kind of a snoozer. We snoozerino. just watched Is It Golgari like matches all day. Golgari trounces Phoenix. Yep. It just does. And here's the funny thing. Okay. First of all, Is It Phoenix was the most popular deck. Everybody. Yep. 69. Nice. People brought the deck to the tournament. Golgari food only had 40 players. This is my question. You you lazy? <laughs> Those 69 players who brought Is It Phoenix? Yeah. You're like, oh, you wanted to play the de- best deck, but you're too lazy, so you played the second best deck. I'm throwing, I'm throwing shade here. Yeah, as you should be. Because everybody knows, everybody knew Golgari food better than Phoenix. Yes. That is it's true. 100% known fact. I think that they were just hoping they're like, oh, I'm too lazy to play Golgari <laughs> food and hopefully everyone else will be. Here I am saying this. There's absolutely no way in a million years I would ever play Golgari food, even no, though I did know it's the best either. deck. <laughs> but I can throw some shade at the pros if I want. Um, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> it's just strange to me. Like, honestly, yeah. it's like, you know that there's a better deck that exists yeah. and you're not going to play it for $450,000. Okay. Whatever. Um, um, I yeah. will say that like the, the top two performing decks though. Yes. Celestia Enchantress. Yeah. Uh, 63.3% of the field. 
This, you know, this is a cool deck. So Celestia Enchantress, five people showed up with this, including Zhrigar Skowalski, who's been playing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But he had been playing the prison build, yeah, um, which locks people out of the game using nine lives um, to stop players from like from like attacking you because yeah, you don't take any damage. damage. And then Solemnity, which stops counters being put on something. So yep. that, that way you don't get your counters on your nine counters on li- nine lives. You never die, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> he had changed away from that and just made a straight up aggressive. Yeah. Um, Enchantress, Enchantress deck. deck and They're I'm great. here for it. So yeah. that is easily my favorite deck that happened in historic. And also Celestia humans, the second best performing deck, 61.5% win rate. I mean, collected company turns out yeah. good. Inquisitor captain. When you can, when you have, Eight copies of Collected Company in your deck? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Gross. Um, my baby, Azorius Auras, did not do very well this it weekend. It did very poorly, Maria. It was the third most popular deck, but it only had a 42.2% win rate. Yeah. Which I think is affected by the fact that Golgari food just, like, eats it for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, for sure. Anyway. But, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on this Enchantress deck. I'm definitely going to try this aggressive build. It's sick. And see how it goes. Yeah. Because I couldn't imagine the deck without the prison element. But now I'm like, hmm. Maybe I, I want to see it. Maybe Let's I could. See, what, see, see what's left. And we previewed the deck Azorius Affinity on the show last week. Yeah. Deck also very cool and fun. It had a 54.6% win rate. Yeah. And definitely gaining popularity with 21 players on it. Absolutely. So yeah. that's another fun one to check out. So we didn't see a lot of that on, ca- on camera, unfortunately, which is why we're like boring. But it does Whoa. exist and there are cool decks. So yeah. I will just say that there's, there's definitely some cool stuff happening in historic. And then when Baldur's gate comes out, hopefully some more stuff, yeah. but you know, I think it's time to, to bury Phoenix in the ground <laughs> and Golgari food, both of them. Yeah. RIP. I agree. No, you know what? Don't RIP. Just RI. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in. <laughs> I don't want any peace for you. <laughs> hey everyone. Ultra Pro, look at the size of this binder. What else am I going to say? Look at this horse. Look at this horse. Look at all of the pages that you could put all of your cards in. This this bad boy holds yes. 350 cards. Is that look it? Look at the mane. <laughs> look at the tail. This, look at this horse. It has a zipper on it. I believe it holds 350 cards. Yes, Maria. Yeah, yeah this is like... Eight? zipper the biggest binder i've ever seen in my entire natural life and it's also very gorgeous and soft yeah and this is their beautiful featured color for this month which is pacific blue gorgeous um which is a brilliant blue bright blue color yeah um it's just like the best binder yeah the pacific ocean wishes it was taken this good care of So true. And I'm still holding this sweet deck box we got from last time. This awesome alcove flip. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just everything you could ever want. We had people at our office the other day and they're like, excuse me, tell me about this deck box. They were like, what? They make these? Look at that. They didn't make this back in my day. Back in my day, we didn't have a deck box like this that had a secret fold out middle compartment. That's right. Ultra Pro. This isn't your grandma's deck box. There we go. Although if your grandma plays magic, which she should. You can get it for her. Yeah. Grandma would love this. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Ultra Pro. Grandma would love this. You can use the code GLHF at checkout for 5% off, everybody. So get wow. yourself this super cool, awesome deck box. Someone who is like, tell me about the magnets. And you're like, Maria, like, literally locked her hand in one yes, of these. Yes, like, literally pinched her hand in it once. <laughs> like, it will not, it will not ever fall apart, ever, yeah. in a million years. And it's this great suede finish. Or you can check out that binder, Woo. which is... Thick with two C's. Thick. That is a beast. A big boy. (laughs) Get yourself a big boy for grandma. (laughs) 
everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Yeah. If you listen, you know. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I was bouncing it on my wow. head. Maria was trying to balance a deck box on her head. Um, the alcove deck box, you cannot balance it on your head, but also when it falls Look off, it. it's going to be fine. Indestructible. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? If you listen, I you can watch know. us on our YouTube channel, yeah. youtube.com slash goodluckhigh5. If you watch, you can listen to us wherever fine podcasts are found. Um, thank you so much again to Nicholas for becoming a patron. Yes. Um, please consider becoming a patron so that, you know, we can keep this show happening. I was going to say keep this show on the road, but we're not on the road. No. We are very firmly in place. We are plant. We are rooted. Yeah. Um, but we'll give you a special shout out if you become a new member yes. before our next episode, which we'd love to do. Um, thank you to Ultra Pro for being a great sponsor. And you can become a patron over patreon.com slash GLHF magic. It just takes a minute of your time and it means so much to us. So please join the family. Um, and... Uh, if you have a skelly that's your friend, tell them to join. Yeah. We'd love a few skellies. We'd love to have them. Thanks again to Ultra Pro for being an amazing sponsor of this show. Do you know what? Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, I'm just gonna go set this guy free. <laughs> to like roam in the wilderness. Exactly. This is obviously this binder is so big it's an apex predator, and I just need to let it go do its thing. Go eat all the little spare cards out there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>